Hello, and welcome to the Relove Podcast. I'm Dr. Ezzy Spencer, best-selling author and coach, and I believe that love is the language of the universe. I believe we're here to dissolve blocks to love. And this podcast is for those of us who wish to open our hearts to love even more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode on the emotional power seat. The emotional power seat is an incredibly powerful tool, which I use with clients, with friends, and I'll be honest, I use it with myself. It helps me to work through some challenging and intense emotions, which, you know, come up in life. In this episode, we'll be talking primarily through the lens of dating and relationships, of course, because this could be where the rubber really hits the road in terms of bringing our emotional awareness into a place which is going to lead to uh, harmonious and constructive relationships. But even more than that, you know, we want to be opening our hearts, right? So getting out of the minds, opening up our hearts, because when we are in that beautiful heart open place, conflict can kind of dissolve. You know, it's not to say that we avoid conflict and that we don't have difficult conversations. All of that is important too. But sometimes the fastest way to resolving a conflict actually is to get out of the words and to come into the heart. And it's absolutely possible for you to do that internally as part of an energetic internal alchemical experience. And then from that place, you can influence the other person. We're always influencing other people, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, whether they like it or not. Um, But if you're in an open-hearted place, then you will be in training people around you, the people that you're in relationship with, to also open their hearts and come into a more harmonious uh, And then come into a more harmonious state, which then allows for heart bonding and deep connection. All right. So the emotional power seat has five components and it is actually based on the first five letters of the alphabet because I like a good mnemonic device and I also like to keep things simple. So your options when you're experiencing a difficult emotion are to go with option A, which is to take action, option B, which is to be with the feeling, option C, which is to compartmentalize, option D, which is to go data detective, and option E, which is to elevate. I'll talk about each one of these in turn. What's really important to share at the outset of this is that there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. It's very much around what is the right option for you, depending on the situation. And what the right option is for you may depend on a range of different factors. And so if you do have relational trauma, it may not be appropriate for you to dive into B, just being with the emotions as your first port of call. It might be more appropriate for you to do an A, right? Which is action, going for a walk, uh, breathing to self-soothe. And again, I'll talk through each one of these in more detail in turn. And what is the right choice for you is also going to be very context dependent, meaning who else is in the room 
What else needs to be done? Who else is depending upon you? What other pressures do you have? What are your other priorities? So the invitation is never to pathologize yourself, never to beat yourself up. The point of me sharing the information in this episode is to support you with the tools that could be helpful for you to then make the right choice for you in terms of not just navigating an intense emotion in the moment, but also being able to turn that emotion into a love portal. I spoke about this in the previous episode. If you haven't listened to that, that was about turning predictable stress points. And I went through a bunch of predictable stress points into love portals. So that previous episode is more preventative in nature. And so you can have that awareness around what might be coming up for you in terms of a stress portal. And this particular episode is more responsive. So what to do when you're actually feeling that emotion in the moment. You are able to regulate yourself. You're able to say something which is really calm and grounded and loving and also very clear about you and what your needs are and what's required in the moment. Rather than speaking from a place where you're still charging with that emotional static where the words might come out in a way which you don't intend, you know, where you might say something which later you regret because it stings, whether it's the actual words or if it's the tone or the energy underneath the words, and then you have to do a whole lot of that repair work, right? So the benefit is that if you follow the emotional power seat, then you're able to really hold yourself and be able to come back and communicate clearly in a way that advocates for your needs and interests, but where you can also have your heart open and hear what the other person needs in the moment as well. So with all that being said, let's dive in. Of course, we've got the letters of the alphabet, or at least the first five letters of the alphabet. So A, B, C, D, E are the options. And I know this sounds super basic as I'm saying it here, but you might want to bookmark this episode and come back when you're actually experiencing hot emotions. Because when you're experiencing intense uh, motion, right? Like your amygdala has been hijacked, like you're in the primal part of your brain. And that means that your prefrontal cortex has gone offline. So this is the part of your brain, which is capable of more complex, rational thinking. And when you're under a huge amount of stress, which can come from emotions, then you can lose access to this part of your brain. Right. And so, you know, we want to make it like very, very, very simple, you know, when you're in the more primal parts of your brain, just to think, what can I go to in this moment in order to self-regulate and soothe? Okay, so the first letter of the alphabet obviously is A. A is for action. And so examples of actions that you could take are as simple as going for a walk. It could be also as simple as putting on a song and having a really good dance and a great shakeout. Uh, maybe having a good cry. That can be a really helpful action. I personally love water. It helps me to process and move emotions. So I love to have a shower, um, you know, when, as an action, when emotion is coming up, it really helps me to, to deal with it in a way where I can settle and then um, go to the next step, right? So action could be the first step. You don't have to stop at each one of these letters of the alphabet. I'll spell out what they all are and then you can mix and match and do recipes and so forth. But it's pretty common to start with action. 
You may also want to consider box breathing as one of your actions, particularly if the emotion that is being elicited is anxiety. And so box breathing, I've spoken about before on the podcast, it's one of my absolute favorite go-tos in terms of self-soothing, can be as simple as breathing in for four, holding for four, breathing out for four, and then pausing for four, and then repeating that. Very, very helpful when you're in a dysregulated state or in your when you're in um, a high uh, stress state in the moment. All right. So then, once you have self-soothe through taking action, you might want to stop there, right? It may just be that you need to take an action and cool off, and then carry on with your day. It may be that you want to go the next step in terms of the relationship with that emotion. Now, you can proceed on to B if you want. You can also proceed further down the alphabet. When I'm presenting this as an A, B, C, D, E, I'm not saying that you go in a chronological order or I guess chronological is numbers, isn't it? Linear. You don't need to go in a linear or alphabetic order. You can choose your own adventure a little bit. I'll talk through them in order here. Um, But just know that you don't have to go from A to B. B is actually quite advanced. So B is being with your emotion. And when I talk about being with your emotion, I mean feeling your emotion. And the reason why that's quite advanced is because if you are in a situation, in a relationship where you've been triggered, where you've been hurt, where you've been betrayed, where you feel jealous, where you feel insecure, it might be bringing up some wounding from the past, that can actually be a little bit intense just to simply sit with it and simply feel it. It might be absolutely possible for you, but this is where it comes back to you choose what is going to be appropriate for you in the moment. And if it is too hard for you to be with your emotion, then it's okay to, you know, do something else. Um, it's okay to take another action. It's okay to, to seek help and go down a D path. And I'll get to that later. So again, the invitation is always be really kind and gentle with yourself. If you do choose to be with your emotions, then invitation is not to think about your emotions or intellectualize your emotions, but really feel them. So allow yourself to really feel the physical sensations of that emotion in your body. Know that all emotions are energy and all uh, emotions will pass and If it gets really intense, that's okay. You know, that's a normal part of the process and you may or may not choose to continue to simply be with your emotion. So when you're in the being phase, you're not um, naming your emotions. You're not talking about your emotions. That comes later at D. It's simply being, simply feeling and not being in your mind. And this is why it could be quite advanced. And it's also where you can really break through. If you get into the habit of being able to feel your emotions when they come up, then you're going to be able to um, move um, move those emotions through. So transmute those emotions very quickly or be very efficient at the E phase, which is coming down the line. All right. So then, of course, the next alphabet letter is C. And so C is about compartmentalizing. Now, compartmentalizing may be totally appropriate for you if it is a um, high pressure situation. So I would offer compartmentalizing as a short term solution. The issue with compartmentalizing comes when you get into the habit of compartmentalizing, which so many of my clients have, where they learnt as very 
young people to compartmentalize their emotions so much so that they don't even realize that they're doing it as adults. So they're thinking they're not feeling anything, but actually they're a bit numb because they're just putting their emotions somewhere else. Like they're just tucking them away in a nice little safe place, like a little box where they don't have to feel them. The problem with that is that they will mount up over time. They're going to come up like a volcano or a geyser at some point. So you're going to have a really big outburst at something that's pretty minimal. And that's going to be very confusing for your partner or someone that you're dating, right? If you, you know, really let rip on those repressed emotions that just have not been felt over the course of the relationship, over for months, for years, or for a lifetime. So again, invitation is to be discerning about where you use C, compartmentalizing, and use it as a short-term solution. So make a commitment to yourself, if you do choose to use C, to then return to that emotion and process it, feel it, do a data detective, which is coming up, you know, or do something else with that emotion. And again, don't beat yourself up if you do choose C, because it might be the most appropriate uh, choice for you in that particular moment. All right, that brings us to D. So D is all about data detective. And I've got to say that I think that the people that I work with are just exceptional Ds. <laughs> so an example of what you might be doing with D, you can do a data detective with yourself, like when you might be feeling your emotions, but then you're naming your emotions, you're having a little chat with yourself about what your emotions are, which is beautiful. You might be doing a data detective yourself in your journal. So you might be writing about your emotions, like where do you come from? What are you telling me? What do I have to learn from you? So you could be dialoguing with your emotions in your journal in that way. That's a great example of using a D, a data detective in a way that can be extremely revelatory with information that will then support you to take the next step in your life. Maybe that might be you know, having a conversation with someone or sending a text or stating your needs. Um, and you're doing that from a place of self-awareness, which is awesome. Another example of data detective is where you're phoning a friend and you're processing and you're talking, you know, you're going to see a therapist or a coach or another healing professional to support you to make sense of what it is that you are feeling. So these are all examples of how you could choose to go down the D path. Only invitation here is just to be aware of where you might be overdoing D. And I say this because this is one thing that comes up a lot with my clients where there can be again an unconscious habit pattern of over-processing emotions or kind of thinking that you might be feeling your emotions when really you're just talking about your emotions. And so it can be super helpful as a way to process emotions. It can be super helpful as a way to gain mental understanding around emotions. It can also be super helpful as a bonding method between friends, right? And to get the kind of insight that you need in order to take practical action forward. So again, nothing wrong with the D, but it is... Um, Sometimes I find overused, which then means that my clients get stuck in their heads and really emotions are all about the heart and the way that you can most effectively um, work with emotions is then by taking the appropriate amount of intel from D and then moving on. 
You don't want to get stuck in any of these. You don't want to get stuck in the alphabet. You want to live your life. All right. And that brings us to the final letter of our alphabet here, which is E. And of course, E is to elevate. And so E is an example of where you can um, use a challenging emotion or a difficult uh, or intense emotion and be able to turn it around. And you can actually use that intensity of that emotion as part of an alchemical process in order to elevate into a more enjoyable emotional state, or you can use it to really expand your heart. In the Relove program, we really go deeply into E because it is an art to be able to identify with specificity what it is that you are actually feeling and then to use that emotion as rocket fuel to then come into a really open and elevated state. And so it's absolutely possible to do. Our brains are not wired this way, though. Our brains are actually wired with the negativity bias, meaning that our brains are wired to look for threat and E can be so powerful because this is where you get out of that mind loop and you start to wire yourself into the positivity matrix. And this is where you can really attain these um, elevated emotional states and you can increase your emotional set point or increase your emotional set range over time when you're able to train yourself and it takes time and it takes practice and it takes discipline, but it's absolutely possible to do to train yourself to come into the positivity matrix. And that can be your new normal, right? You can exist in that state of optimism, of joy, of hope, of gratitude, of love, because that's what the elevation process is actually all about. It's about opening your heart. So you are uh, really connected with your natural state, which is love. And then others can feel that in your presence, in your energy. And that's where you can influence or entrain others to also open their hearts. The emotional power seat can be such an amazing technique to open up those portals of possibility. So I'd absolutely love to hear from you. If you use the emotional power seat, then please do come on over to my Instagram and tell me all about it. I absolutely love to hear about this in action, whether you used A, B, C, D or E and how that went for you. And if you like this episode, I invite you to subscribe. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Overcast or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Great to be here with you and take beautiful care. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Head on over now to ezzyspencer.com to do my free quiz to find out where exactly you're blocked on the relove wheel. And I will email you a free love potion so you can dissolve that block. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm Ezzy Spencer, and you'll often find me riffing on my Insta stories about all things love. So please do come and say hi, because I love to connect with you. If you are interested in working together, make sure you keep an eye on the emails for the next enrollment of the Relove program, which is a really juicy, delicious group experience where we go into the magical cauldron together, um, building a beautiful foundation of self-worth and welcoming in real love. You can also drop me a note on the contact form over ezzyspencer.com if you're interested in private work as well. Thank you so much for being here. I wish you all the love.